Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, the 24th of June, and the market's having a bit of a quiet one this morning. Wall Street was up 131. Our futures this morning were up nine and we're up 32, so generally positive. NASDAQ still piling along, up eight days on the trot. Volatility is coming off as well, which is good. The interesting event over the last 48 hours was that market collapse. Our market collapsed about 100 points in 15 minutes, half an hour yesterday on the news that this White House advisor, Navarro, had said that the trade deal is over. Trump says it's firmly intact. The market bounced all the way back again. Our market closed up 11 yesterday, but it does show you that the market is still spookable. Other little events overnight. Mnuchin, if I pronounced that right, said it is highly unlikely that the US will go into shutdowns again. And Cudlow has also said no more lockdowns. And this is one of the main points of the strategy piece today is that we have been worrying about an event, a market event, where we suddenly go back down into lockdowns in the US or lockdowns in Australia. But the realization as things move on is that we're going to have hot spots and cold spots in the economy. And yes, on average, case numbers in the US are rising. But don't expect Trump or the government to suddenly say, right, we're going back into lockdowns. Because if you look at the US states, there are 12 states with record case numbers today. But there are also as many states with record lows in case numbers today. So New York is getting going again, back into restaurants, back having their hair cut. But Florida cases are rising exponentially again. You are not going to, in New York, go back into lockdown because Florida has got out of control. And this makes the point that the whole of this virus impact is not on a national level. It is going to be very localized. There are cold spots, there are hot spots. The same thing in Australia. Victoria had a couple of hot spots at the weekend and have gone backwards on restrictions. One of my friends got a text from her girlfriend she was going to visit this weekend in Sydney which said that her boyfriend wasn't happy about them coming in from Melbourne, so uh, they were cancelling their weekend. You can see that it is very much, Sydney's okay, but Victoria's not, and then that'll change and some other area will be. This is the way it's going to roll. And from a federal level, you'll see Scott Morrison's already talking about not taking a step backwards on reopenings, and Trump is clearly of the opinion they want to reopen economies. Same with Boris Johnson. Point being that they are there to play the big moves, which they've probably played most of those, which is stimulus and fiscal and monetary policy, monetary policy coming from the central banks. But Trump, Scott Morrison, Boris can say what they like, but it is going to end up with local government and local businesses managing their own affairs as as when it comes to the virus. The point being that we are not going to get at a federal level some declaration that we're back into lockdowns and have the stock market fall over. The virus is going to be managed locally, not nationally. So we have probably worried too much about some sort of major market event from the virus. I think that's already happened when we had our headless panic moment in March. But going forward, it's not about a massive relapse risk for the market. It's about specific geographic areas specific companies and what impact that has on earnings. In other words, the realization or admission this morning is that we're probably fearing the relapse risk too much. There won't be some big federal announcement about lockdowns again, and this is just going to relentlessly roll on. It's going to be very geographic specific, company specific. And on that basis, we can probably get on with looking at stocks again rather than worrying about the market precipitously falling over.
But that being said, we are in no mood to go out and get fully invested again by any means. In fact, we really need to do this on a stock specific basis and I'll come to that in a minute. You'll see in the strategy piece today some charts of case numbers in the US and some cold spots and hot spots in particular states. And the other point to make from those is that states like New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania have got their numbers right down from the peaks. And it is clear that containment does work. And if if you think about that, if you can manage the virus, you can get over it, in which case that's as good as a vaccine. We don't really need a vaccine, even though there's a bit of vaccine optimism overnight. We don't really need a vaccine if you can contain the virus by sensible lockdown measures. And clearly that is possible, in which case we probably don't need to worry about a vaccine either, because we can get on top of the virus if we choose to do so. Having said that, one of the Marcus Today team showed us a text yesterday from a cousin in Washington and on asking her how it was all going with the virus, she texted back that they were all just getting back to normal now and if the virus comes and goes, well, they're sort of over it. And that got us thinking that Australia may just be a bit of a nanny state over the whole thing and at some point we might just let it go. Now as an added extra in the strategy piece today because it can get a bit samey I've decided to inject a bit of education and investment philosophy about step trading bottom left to top right stocks. So having got over our precipitous worry about a relapse, which is obviously going to be a piecemeal affair. The virus clearly is going to have a fairly major impact on stock selection over the next year or so, possibly for years, perhaps even forever. And the impact, whilst it may be geographic for some companies, for instance, Brazilian iron ore was affected for a while and the iron ore price went up. It is also going to have a more general, non-geographic, non-hotspot related, broad impact on some industries. And going forward, this will be one of the keys to tipping the odds in your favor when it comes to the stock market. And this is where I repeat the line about swimming with the tide. And in the newsletter today, I have highlighted industries that are negatively affected by the virus. You've seen this list before, but it's changing slightly. And I also list industries that are positively affected and those that are probably unaffected. And Within the negatively affected sectors, the main point is that sectors like energy and travel and tourism, which were fantastic recovery trades from the moment the whole market lost its head in March until the recent top, fantastic recovery trades. But now we have to ask whether that recovery tide has peaked and whether they aren't going to see a more mature trend going forward. And the obvious observation at the moment is that whilst companies like Qantas and Webjet and Flight Center were fantastic recovery trades. Now we have to ask what the future holds for them. And it's quite clear that tourism has been badly impacted, not just short term, but the rest of this year and possibly even longer. Certainly international travel has, energy has. And although the stock market is about price and they can get oversold and you can buy them and make money out of the recovery as we did recently, the question now is, are these bottom left to top right sectors? Is the tide with us or is the tide going to be against us. So I have listed a bunch of sectors there where the tide is probably going to be against us. Some of the negatively affected sectors that still probably have some recovery in them appear to be housing. In particular, you'll notice Harvey Norman and Nick Scarley have had good results recently. It is quite clear that people have sat at home and decided, well, I'm going to change this, renovate that. And there is a lot of residential activity amongst tradies. So housing generally should recover. Housing renovation should 
do okay, although that's probably to do with job support and mortgage holidays, which will come off. But also auto seems to be picking up. Car sales have told us that with recent reported higher activity. Domestic travel is obviously going to increase by car. So auto is probably an interesting area which should recover. And consumer discretionary is an area that has seen some interest recently, but you've got to wonder whether that isn't floating on JobKeeper money and that's going to end up leaving leaving a lot of afterpay debts to pay off and higher levels of unemployment are a negative for consumer discretionary. So retailers generally are probably not bottom left to top right, but auto is probably oversold at the moment and maybe housing's a little bit oversold at the moment. Banks and financials, they will struggle with the economic damage that we've seen. They also struggle with low interest rates, higher bad loan provisions, past dividends, which lower yields long term. We were talking last month about a resurrection in dividends. There's no sign of it yet. And with tiny margins, profitability or growth isn't going to be there. And there's risk of capital raising. So banks and financials probably going to stay negatively affected as well. Education in Australia with international students probably going to be negatively affected as well. We've got a great recovery trade in IDP education, but you've got to wonder what the longer term prospects for that are. Some of the real estate investment trusts office and bricks and mortar retail shopping centers, in other words, probably permanently damaged. But of course, it's a question of price. It may be in the price that sector has been hard hit, did have a recovery. But in terms of growth, that's probably not a bottom left to top right sector. Cafes and restaurants are going to be sporadic, especially if we have continued outbreaks and thinned out crowds. Same with hotels, especially international focused hotels and accommodation. They're going to hurt longer than the domestic ones. Casinos are possibly a an area that we should look at for further recovery. They are going to recover very quickly when the doors open. And sports related businesses look like they're going to be in the shadows for a while. I can't see 90,000 people at the MCG if there are hot spots around in Victoria. So we've had a great recovery trade in some of these sectors after we lost our heads in March. But that moment, moment of exploiting the panic valuations is past. And we now have to assess these sectors for their medium term industry prospects and you can see in the newsletter today those sectors and we also have highlighted the sectors that are positively affected technology generally e-commerce internet increased data usage cloud that sort of thing payment systems buy now pay later software as a service as i say renovations the home builder grant has obviously helped out residential tradies logistics moving parcels around online retailing healthcare domestic travel that sort of stuff so as i say we're trying to identify the tides we're trying to identify the sectors that are going to go bottom left to top right. Unaffected industries, although there has been a bit of a credit crisis worry, which created a recovery trade in sectors like infrastructure utilities. Unaffected industries are going to go middle left to middle right and maybe not the best odds for a growth fund. So we've listed a few of those as well. In the end, our strategy summary for today is that a precipitous market collapse on virus relapse grounds looks unlikely to us on today's thesis. That doesn't mean the market is going up. We are still in cash. We are happy to be in cash. The market is still easy to spook, but the VIX is coming off again, which is a positive. But we do feel like it is a risky market post this recovery rally, probably on valuation grounds and this rather classic commentary about the gap between Wall Street and Main Street at the moment in the US. Valuation is obviously a risk. Trade issues are obviously a risk. Yesterday's dip tells you that. Trade's more likely to 
to be negative than positive from here. The relationship between the US and China is obviously quietly deteriorating, whatever the backtrack message was yesterday. That was probably smoke and there is a fire somewhere. On the political front, Joe Biden's looking like he has a chance, which is not good for the market on the face of it. He'll bring higher taxes and Trump, if if the if the predators detect election failure in the water, then all his pro-market, pro-business twittering, not to mention his trillion dollar infrastructure package or pre-election bribe is already neutered. So summary today is still in cash, don't really like the market. Now, we had a final discussion in our morning meeting today about what would we do if we knew the market was going to be at the same level as it is now on this day in a year's time. In other words, if we knew the market was going nowhere for the whole year. It's a good question because it challenges our cash position at the moment. And the answer was, if we knew the market was going to be at the same level as it is right now in exactly a year's time we wouldn't be sitting in cash we would have got busy trying to make money in individual stocks irrelevant of the market so today we've as a bit of an experiment cleaned the sheet and in light of the virus we are going to rewrite our main watch list and identify the bottom left to top right stocks from scratch. Up until now, it has uninterestingly included stocks that are big because they are in our benchmark, and that is called index hugging. It's also called being a nutter chicken. Anyway, we are going to see what the list looks like if we didn't have to care about the big index stocks, because if the market doesn't matter, if the market's benign and flat, or even if it's risky, then the big stocks won't matter if the market as a whole, if the index isn't going anywhere, if our benchmark doesn't go anywhere. So we're going to reassess all the stocks in our index on their merits, not on their size. And we'll publish that over the next few days. It's going to be an interesting, it's certainly going to be a very different watch list from the one we were working off pre-virus because it almost certainly won't include the top left to bottom right stocks and it won't include the middle left to middle right stocks. And on that basis, it probably won't include banks, real estate investment trusts, utilities, boring stocks, defensive stocks. So quite a refreshing thought. Not holding banks was key to outperforming in the last few years and it would free up a lot of capital for growth stocks. So we'll get back to you on what that watch list looks like. Otherwise, you have a good day. It doesn't look like we're going anywhere. We were up 35 at the open. We're now up 14, all a bit of a yawn. (laughs) 